At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Yo, what up? Wes Reynolds, Jonathan Von Tobel here with you on the Nightcap. No Tim Murray this week. We got a good show on tap for you anyway. Kurt Heelan's going to be with us in about five minutes, but we go to Major League Baseball, Wes. Before we get to the games that are currently underway, we do have some tickets that have cashed. Walk us through a couple of the finals. One dramatic doubleheader between the White Sox and the Twins. We are done in seven when walk-off bomb? Chicago yeah. White Sox? Yes, we did. Ooh. And the Twins did take the first one. Uh, Lance Lynn with that two-year contract extension, about over $30 right, million. Dollars, uh, and pitched very well. Pitched seven innings, only gave up the one home run to Nelson Cruz. But goes into the top of the eighth. The Twins get two runs. The White Sox only get one. They won 3-2 in the opener. And then in the second game, White Sox paid the favor. A three-run homer from Sheets in the bottom of the seventh. So now five to three, White Sox beat the Twins. They split that series. Uh, less drama in some of these other finals. We mentioned the eighteen to one Nats over the Marlins. Thirteen to four, Boston gets it done in Buffalo against the Blue Jays. Fourteen nothing, Detroit over Texas. Uh, we don't know if this is Kyle Gibson's last start in a Rangers uniform. We expect he's going to be moved at the deadline, but. Not the not the best last impression he wanted to leave necessarily. No. He went five innings, gave up eight earned, ten hits, and uh, only struck out two batters. So fourteen nothing Tigers. Casey Mize gets the win. Fourteen runs on nineteen hits, by the way. And the Baltimore Orioles get a win tonight, six to one over the Tampa Bay Rays. Orioles playing good baseball, huh? Plucky Orioles. Actually, they, they just needed together. Trey Mancini, yeah. a, a friend of the usual host of this program, uh, to get hot at the home run derby, and no, now they got no. a little messes with your swing. I hear it messes yes. with your swing. Uh, games that are currently underway. We'll rapid fire through these. Uh, your Cincinnati Reds tied that game up. Now you're in extras. Top of the tenth inning, nine nine between the two runners on second and third. Not just the additional runner, but uh, one on there. 
added. We'll put it that way. End of the eighth inning between the Cardinals and the Cubs. Cardinals up 8-3 right now. Top of the eighth inning, the Indians, they're plucky. They're trying to get to Ren Stanek right now. 4-2, the Astros lead over the Cleveland Indians, who just lost a series to the Chicago White Sox that we were just speaking on right now. Top of the eighth, Tribe have a runner on first and one out. Top of the fourth inning, so West Coast baseball as we get to that. Diamondbacks up 2-0 over the Pirates. And uh, how about the Giants? Up 3-0 early over the Los Angeles Dodgers, but the Dodgers do not die. They have played a two, cut that to a run, uh, one-run deficit. It's always one of the hardest things I have to say in my life. And they are down, 3-2, bottom of the second. Yeah, first five already good here, unless some rain comes at Chavez Ravine. Buster Posey, a two-run shot, and then Flores <laughs> followed up. 3 nothing after one, and then Muncie and Turner go back-to-back Yabo. So now 3-2, to two, bottom of the second, and... I don't know. Maybe this is the regression game for Kevin Gaussman. Already giving up two dongs yeah. here in the bottom of the first inning. So uh, three to two, though, yet the Giants lead. Against such a bad lineup, too. Yeah, this is not. Uh, yeah. If you look at this Dodger lineup at the bottom, you got Beatty, you got Rex, you got McKinstry right now at the plate before the pitcher spot is due up. So Dodgers definitely not at full strength. No Mookie Betts, of course, tonight. So already. Uh, Flying out of the yard at Chavez Ravine tonight. And a quick-moving game up in NorCal right now, too, because the Angels and the Athletics, uh, this game started at, what, about 6.40 or so our time. Uh, well, it's 8.03 over here on the West Coast, and we are already in the bottom of the fifth inning. Shohei Otani, 74 pitches through his start, obviously scoreless at this point because it is a 0-0 tie. And uh, we'll see who can get one on. Again, the Angels had to play at the plate early in this contest. It would have made it one nothing, but Fletcher thrown out. So... Angels closes a small underdog here. Shohei Otani, as you see some of the props in the closing numbers, six and a half shaded to the under at a buck forty. Hits allowed four and a half shaded to the under at a dollar eighty-five. And will he hit a home run? No, shaded a dollar eighty. I don't think that's a shade. That is a full-on. I don't even know what the opposite of a shade is, but uh, yeah. yeah, minus eight hundred. James McCann with the base hit scores Kevin Pillar, so the Metropolitans take the lead now in the top of the ten ten nine at the Great American Ballpark. Yeah, and should note too on those props we just listed out for Otani. Only four strikeouts up to this point, only two hits up to this point. So under on both of those props. Uh, but four and a third for Shohei, a very solid outing in his first start since the All-Star break, since they just heaped All-Star weekend upon my boy's shoulders. Made him do everything, Wes. The face of baseball is doing just fine. Thank you very much. Yes, doing great. All right, we'll come back uh, on the other side. We'll get the national perspective. Team USA, of course, turning things around against Spain. What does the second half of that game mean as we spin this forward for the Americans heading into the Olympics? We'll also get back. We'll have more of a, a Milwaukee feel to our analysis of the NBA Finals. Kurt Heelan on the other side. Cap here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, Wes Reynolds alongside as well. Let's welcome in Kurt Heelan with us at Basketball Talk up on Twitter, NBC Sports, in terms of the coverage there. Uh, Kurt, thank you very much for the time. Always appreciate it. So I wanted to start with uh, one of the pieces that you wrote yesterday, Team USA, and that second-half domination of Spain. So I've been kind of the proponent after the first two friendlies and what we've seen. Like, yeah, let's pump the brakes, all right, Twitter. Let's not freak out. It's two friendlies of a team that has barely played together, a couple first-time Olympians as well. Against some quality competition, just because you don't know who they are doesn't mean they're not a good team. But what's the takeaway from that performance yesterday? Because I thought once the Americans got used to the physicality that they were allowed to play, that defense took a step up and they really started to hit their open shots look really good. Well, I think you just hit the nail on the head with that. It's... it's... Well, I think it's two things. A, I mean, that first game before Nigeria, before Nigeria, they'd had, I think, three pro two practices, three mm-hmm. practices, like they barely knew each other. 
And but the other bigger part of that is exactly what you said. It's a different game internationally. It is much you're allowed much more physicality. You're allowed a and you're not going to get those calls too. Like you could see the first couple of games, Bradley, you know, Bradley Beal, who's not with the team, Beal would drive the lane and then like glare at the refs. Like that's not a call. No, it's not internationally. Once they figured out how to play that style, I think they've become more comfortable with it. Now the problem is just a getting everybody healthy and then acclimating some of these guys to it. I think some guys will acclimate it pretty quickly. I think the idea of, you know, Hey, we're going to get Drew Holiday there and say, hey, go be more physical than you than you could be on Devin Booker. Just go beat guys up. It's going to be very effective for them. So I, there's not much of a margin for error anymore, right? Like, that's the problem. They, they have to be. Starting with game one, France is good. You got Rudy Gobert in the middle. They got a bunch of NBA players and high-level European players. This is not some pushover team. But they have the talent to win it all. If they can just kind of... Like you said, they just need to play the way they know how to play. And and I think they've adjusted to it. I think they look so much better in this game. There's real reason for optimism. Yeah, and it, so when you look at some of the losses that we have seen up to this one, not like on the court, but I'm talking about Kevin Love pulls out. We get the Bradley Beal situation. News that Zach Levine, of course, yeah. is going to test positive and will join them later. And yeah, we can talk about, hey, we got three guys that are playing in the finals that might be coming pretty soon. We talk about getting acclimated. I don't know how quickly they're going to be up to speed by the time they start playing on Sunday. Yeah. Like, how dangerous is this in terms of losing this much depth now at this point for them? It, it doesn't help. I mean, A, those guys don't get there till Saturday. Yep. So, hey, land, play. Uh, you know, and, and Greg Popovich kind of joked about that. Like, I hope I can keep their minutes down. You know, like, he, he doesn't want to have to play them heavy minutes, but you don't quite know what you've got. Hopefully, Zach, you know, is on the uh, Jeremy Grant. It, it's contract, contact tracing for him. It's not, he hasn't tested positive yet. So it's a question of, you know, Will he? He's kind of in a holding pattern. If he can get there, that helps a lot. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. There's just just no margin for error. This isn't. I think a lot of fans, a lot of casual fans, at least, and this probably impacts the betting market a lot. Hey, everybody thinks we're facing 1992 Angola. You know, right? It's it's absolutely not that way anymore. The rest of the world is cut up. Nigeria has eight NBA players on that roster. Yeah, they beat the USA, and then I think there was a better – people didn't see this game. They got blown out by a, a, a Australian team that sat like four of their key guys. They're not that good, but they caught the USA off guard, and I think the USA has to be just – I think they're, like you said, they're just getting used to each other. They're getting used to the physicality. They're getting used to the style of play, and now that they are, they're far more dangerous, and they're in a good spot. And at the end of the day, Kevin Durant can get buckets, man. Damian Lillard can get like they've got the guys. So, uh, Kurt, and uh, putting the national panic from some of the national reporters aside, after losing to Nigeria and Australia back-to-back, Team USA still about minus $4, lay $4 to win one, basically, to win this thing. But, as you mentioned, and as John and I have talked about, the rest of the world is catching up. They've got dudes, too. They've got guys on scholarship, too, so to speak. And when you look at maybe who could be their biggest obstacle, despite the fact that they're a big favorite, I know a lot of people will gravitate towards Spain because it's Spain. You know, they're the team that has always reached the gold medal game. They've always reached the medal round. But 
it kind of looks like even though what you said about Australia, uh, they seem to be maybe the team that I think maybe poses the most threat if anybody does, because I like the way that they play. They move the ball. I think they play this international game well. And also the fact they've never reached the medal round. This seems like their year. Do you think Australia would be the biggest threat to Team USA in Tokyo? I think one of them. Slovenia's in there, which, again, nobody really like Slovenia. It turns out Luka Doncic is good at basketball, guys. Yes. Like he, he's pretty good. I hear, at I hear that, yes. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some video evidence on YouTube. He might be good at this. Um, so I think they've got a chance, but I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, they are deep with NBA and NBA quality players. I mean, Delvadova's not in the league anymore, but Delvadova can play. Joe Ingles knows how to play. And Patty Mills... Patty Mills suddenly becomes Giannis Antetokounmpo yes. in, in international basketball. I don't know what it is. He just destroys people in international ball. So I think they've got a chance. I think there's a couple of teams. By the way, I probably wouldn't bet on Spain. That isn't. Yes. They're an old and, team. And by the way, yeah, exactly. They won the 2019 World Championships. Don't get me wrong. They're not bad. But it's Marc Gasol, Paul Gasol, Rudy Fernandez. Your young guy who led them in scoring against the USA is is. Ricky Rubio, who's not young, frankly, like they're just, I don't think they're that team anymore. This was, they they had their golden age, but it's faded past them. It's kind of, we saw that with Argentina, right? Like you watch them play Argentina. You're like, Oh God, Luis Gola has got a lot of gray in his hair. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just not the same team. A lot less hair, too, for Luis Scola. It's very surprising. Yes, exactly. Uh, yes. And by the way, uh, to your note, Kurt, uh, I think FIBA basketball does wonders for two players, Patty Mills and Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio, FIBA basketball oh is like steroids yeah. for Ricky yes. Rubio. I said Patty Mills, by the way, was like the Ian Poulter of the Ryder Cup, man, in international basketball. <laughs> he is. I, that, that, And it's not just this year. It's not like, oh, wow, he suddenly showed up. No. Uh, Every year, he show, every time there's an international tournament, Patty Mills looks like an unbeatable all-world player. Kurt Heelan's with us, lead NBA writer, managing editor at Sports, uh, NBCSports.com and the NBA coverage there at Basketball Talk. So let's transition uh, to our shores here, of course, our country, uh, where they are still battling it out in the NBA Finals, Kurt. Uh, yes. I want to talk about this from the Milwaukee perspective, and I wanted to start here because uh, I have been one that has been vocally uh, uh, critical of Mike Budenholzer at times, and I think it, it has been just at times with his rigidness in terms of minutes, in terms of yes. lack of adjustments. I think Bud deserves a ton of credit for what he has done with these adjustments, with these lineups, putting Giannis in at the five, not sticking with these rigid minute restrictions that he usually has in terms of pulling guys out. Uh, what have you made of Bud's job up to this point? Because I, I think he has really like, flipped this narrative in terms of what we think about him as a head coach. I, I think you nailed it. Like He came out of the Popovich system, which is a little bit of we can win the title the way we play, right? Like we, And... and yeah, that works really well when you have Tim Duncan and you know David Robinson for a while, and then Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili, and you can kind of play the way you want to play, and you'll still win because those guys are supremely talented. It doesn't work with everybody, and you're right. They, they were slow to adjust. They were slow to adapt. But this year, this season, it wasn't just – it wasn't just something he started doing during the playoffs. They started switching during the season and practicing the switching you're seeing now. They – a lot of the the different looks you're seeing, this wasn't all new to them. This was much, it wasn't quite like Nick Nurse, man. I'm going to throw all the spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks type of like life. But he definitely tried new stuff and now they're doing it. 
you're right. They, they don't even to me. They don't even play enough Giannis at the five. Right? Like they could play more of that, and I'd be it'd be good for them. But I think that the adapting, the adjusting, the the, the he's learned, he's grown as a coach, and uh, that's all you can ask of anybody, right? Like you, we all times sometimes get stuck in our ruts, and he has figured out that that didn't work for the team and for him, and you know. I expect them to take care of business tomorrow night. Um, my wife will be pissed if they're not, and I can't come home. So, you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> so, so Kurt, uh, as as John mentioned, in terms of uh, Mike Budenholzer, uh, took some criticism for adjustments, and he made them. So now the criticism goes to the other side of Monty Williams. But you kind of Monty's got to be an idiot now, right? Yeah, but you look at it; it's kind of like, and we were talking about this in the first hour of the program. Kind of what can Phoenix do in terms of like defensive yeah. adjustments? You are you are really stuck now in in the paint in terms of Milwaukee being able to score at the rim, all you have is DeAndre Ayton down there. We know that he's been in foul trouble at least a couple times this series, especially in Game 3 when he got that fourth foul and then it was all she wrote. So they really can't stop these guys necessarily in transition nor in the paint. So as much as I hate this cliche, Kurt, because it's used all the time, the make-or-miss league type of thing, but basically Phoenix has got to get hot from the three like they did in the first few games at home. They've got to get the ball movement back that opened yes. up those threes too, right? Like that's the thing you, you know, I, I, we've got a story coming out tomorrow morning at NBC. Like you, you look at that 10 pass, kind of the famous 10 pass play from game two. Where's that been? They have, they have fallen into an isolation mindset. And by the way, Devin Booker might be the worst of them at it. Like he's just, I mean, not at isolation. He's can <laughs> Devin Booker can go get you buckets. But he's kind of gotten suckered into this, oh, it's, it's P.J. Tucker. I can get him. It's whoever. And the Bucks have just been, been better about defending the, that spot. So they have to get back to the ball movement. I think you saw a little of that in the fourth quarter. You started to see it. They've got to get back to that ball movement. They've got to hit their threes. And by the way, they've got to do it on the road in what's going to be an insane building. Like there's going to, you know, they've set it up. So there's, they can handle 65,000 people outside the building. (laughs) What's inside the building. It's just going to be tough for them. This is the first time. And they've, they'll probably prove me wrong. Cause I thought the Suns were going to, I'm like, Oh, they're too young. You know, you have to learn how to win. There's a, there's a rite of passage in the NBA. They've just blown that out of the water this year. All their young guys have been great. Bridges has been fantastic. And frankly, Bridges was great last game. Was he five of five, six of six, whatever it was? Like they've been, their young players have been fantastic all series. But I think this is where you miss the experience. You, this is going to be a really different thing for them, and we'll see if they can overcome it. Chris Paul, I trust, is going to be better. I just don't know if they're going to have enough. Kurt Healing with us. Sorry, Kurt. Uh, we'll get you out of here on this. You kind of alluded to it. Bucks wrap this thing up tomorrow. You think? I think so. I don't think it's easy, but I, uh, well, the line was five last time. I, looked. Yep. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know what it is now. Yeah. Is it still five? Yep. I got a feeling they pull away late. Like I got a feeling it's not, the Suns aren't going to go quietly into that good night, right? Like they're going to fight this thing. And Monty Williams is too smart a coach. Like they're going to be good. But at the end of the day, you know, it's an old basketball adage. Um, tall and good beats small and good. I think they're just in trouble. Like, I don't think they, they can't keep these guys off the boards. They don't have anybody but Andre. 
DeAndre Ayton, who can guard Giannis. I just think they're – this is a big, long, athletic Bucks team, and I think ultimately they just overwhelm them. Like you again, Kurt Heelan at Basketball Talk up on Twitter. Great site, of course, in terms of NBA coverage. One of the best out there. Kurt, thank you very much for the time. Appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Take care. Yep. Kurt Heelan again at Basketball Talk up on Twitter. Yeah, I'd agree with that sentiment. In terms of the Bucks closing it out. Yeah, tomorrow. I think they're going to close it out. And like you said, for, you know, for any term you want to use, the Bucks are in control at this point right now. The adjustments have been made, and you know, the Suns have had their three games to make these adjustments back, yeah. and they have yet to make those adjustments. Because this is where I'm kind of stuck here, because I want to go against the grain and take the number and kind of play against that sentiment. Because, look, often with social media, there's often a consensus among the chatter mm-hmm. that you can play against after games. Like the finger of, test the win. Yes, absolutely. So uh, that's why, you know, everybody thought, okay, Phoenix in the last game, then all of a sudden some resistance comes on the Milwaukee number and Milwaukee goes ahead and wins that game. So then it was like, okay, series is over now. So oftentimes I would look to play against that. But to what I was bringing up with Kurt here, what did the Phoenix Suns do to adjust? It's kind of like, you know, they're a little bit stuck right now. Mm -hmm. They can't stop these guys in the paint. They can't stop them in transition. They can't just totally slow the game down because then they get in that iso ball stuff, which is really, I think, bogged down their offense. It's like, you know, they've got to be quick and they've got to move the ball and they've got to be able to get some open threes here and uh, hope that they can take advantage. Uh, I know Milwaukee was running that drop coverage, but now it seems like Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, it seems like Milwaukee has now figured that out and, uh, uh, move that on and uh, done something different. Whatever is different is working. Yeah, and we should note, too, yeah, we haven't really discussed this perspective quite yet. Uh, the total of 222, where we're at right now, mm-hmm. and the adjustment that we have seen throughout. Yeah, I've been pretty, I've wrote about this, been consistent about it. I thought it was going to be an over series. Uh, closing totals, you're three and two. There's been plenty of opportunities to bet these all which way or the other uh, in game, Wes. But even at a, an adjustment, remember, game one opened 217. Game four, we got back to, or excuse me, game five, we got back to that 218 right. to be open. Right. Uh, and that flew over. These are two offenses that are going to, again, bother one another. I haven't really seen, even with this adjustment, I haven't seen anything that would make me want to bet this thing under. So, but you're not necessarily endorsing right. the over because mm-hmm. it's kind of baked into the cake now. The adjustment has been made. So if I were to do the total. I would lean to the under. That'd be the only one I would look at, but I'd probably just wait for an end game here to see because if you were betting that under, because I think better's tendency is like when it's an elimination game, it's kind of like in the National Hockey League. It's like yep. bet the under in that total, but oftentimes you see that you see that go to the over. So sometimes that's priced in the market too, that sentiment of, okay, this is going to be a closeout game, so all of a sudden they're going to slow it up like it's a college basketball game and you got a game in the 90s or something. What are this? The Bucks in the first quarters of this series have a 97.6 offensive rate. It's not good. No. You're going to find your opportunity to get a, a lower price. All right, we'll come back. We'll update the scoreboard. We have a final. Uh, this Mets-Reds game just won't end, it seems like. Uh, we have a lot to get to here tonight, guys. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Tim Murray's not here, okay? Let's just get this out of the way. I don't know why I'm being insanely impressed. <laughs> Wes Reynolds and Jonathan Von Tobel. And since I am in control and I have Wes by my side, I want to talk about this for the next five minutes because I have never been so amazed and angered in my life than watching my Jordan Spieth ticket go down the toilet as Colin Morikawa lay waste to Royal St. George's over the weekend. That was absolutely incredible golf. In a, this is because my wife always makes fun of me for watching golf. She thinks it's the most boring thing in the world. It got her to sit down and watch the final five holes and just sit there and watch Morikawa. It's a Snoop Dogg clip. He don't miss, and he right. just does it. He, it was incredible watching his iron play on Sunday, Wes. And throughout the tournament, by the way, he was absolutely on. The, was it Friday when he had that early round Friday, and he was one of the morning group, and it was just approach shot, six feet. Approach shot, four feet. But what he did on Sunday in terms of not only approach shots, the way he commanded the greens, the way he was scrambling up mm-hmm. and down, he was lights out. That was one of the best golf performances I have personally ever seen. Well, and when I look at it, too, it's kind of uh, easy to have buyer's remorse, and I do have a little buyer's remorse. I know both you and I were on Jordan Speed, mm-hmm. who was the runner-up here. But what I do sometimes when I'm doing these outrights, I, I don't rely just on one thing. I try to go a couple different things. I go, a couple guys are stat guys. A couple guys are course form guys. A couple guys maybe the market's given me a tell on. And really with Colin Marikawa, you had a clash. It was like lining run, one runner-up on one goal line, and the other one on the other goal line, and then they're going to collide at the 50-yard line. And it was the stats versus the trends. Mm-hmm. The stats were like Colin Marikawa, Colin Marikawa. If you look at strokes gained approach, and Colin Marikawa, by the way, if you didn't know already, he's the best iron player in the entire so, game of golf. By the way, so I saw this stat. His, the difference between Morikawa in terms of strokes gained approach and the second-place yes. guy is the same as the second-place guy. Was it 51st yes. or something like that? Yeah, Colin Morikawa, and I'm just going to go through 24 rounds, and that's kind of what I do in my write-ups weekly basis and point spread weekly. I talk about it on Long Shots, too, our piece in golf show. Colin Morikawa, this was before the Open, mind you. 41.6 strokes gained on approach over 24 rounds. 
Number two, by the way, was Emiliano Grillo, who ended up finishing tied yep. for 12, a very good open for Grillo, 27.8. Huh. That's almost 14 shots over 24 rounds. And then you add to that greens and regulation gain because these greens, you know, greens and regulation have been historically important here at Royal St. George. Maybe a little bit less now at the strokes gained as stats. So GIR, not as important of a stat. But if you look at that stat, greens and regulation gain, last 24 rounds. Colin Morikawa with 50. Number two, John Rahm with 34.9. So that's 15 difference over 24 rounds. So the stats said Morikawa, but the trend said absolutely not, because if you look at the Open Championship historically, you got to have a little tread on your tires. You don't necessarily win here on debut. And, you know, uh, something I wish I had not read, this from Daniel Rappaport of Golf Digest, who is a regular guest on Long Shots, comes on with us a couple times a year, and he had talked with Marikawa, and Marikawa had explained, I'm really having trouble getting my iron through the ball here because this is thicker turf. Because, oh, by the way, he had not played Lynx golf until the Scottish Open the week before. Where not you the month before. And, and, you, the week before. and you didn't get a tell right. that he was going to play well here because he was T71. It's like he made the cut, but... You know, he, he. I mean, if they would have had the made cut, do not finish the MDF thing they used to do on BGA mm-hmm. Tour, he wouldn't have played on Sunday. He would have only gotten three rounds. But nevertheless, what happens is he was having trouble on this sol- more solid, more firm links turf, getting his irons through the ball. So what does he do? He swaps out his seven, eight, nine irons, his shorter irons in the bag. And to make that adjustment, that's even more amazing in like five days because you look at these guys, Bryson DeChambeau, another example, you know, with his driver and obviously the little kerfuffle and argument that he got in with his manufacturer and endorser, Cobra Golf. Even John Rahm, new sticks in the bag. Number one player in the world, by the way, once again. Callaway goes from TaylorMade to Callaway. It took him about three or four months to really get going, and yet Colin Marikawa does this in five days' time. Yeah, and by the way, here's the other thing that, that was annoying and amazing at the same time. 170th in strokes gained putting. Mm-hmm. And this dude was hitting like every every putt imaginable that he needed to hit. And you've got arguably the best, like one of the best scramblers in the world in Jordan Spieth, who yep. is like the up and down king. I mean, this guy makes shots around the greens that it's like, how did he do that? Because yep. there's times when I've been against him where I'm like, I need to dodge him. And he makes every single putt. He makes every single chip, every single short pitch. And you've got that guy chasing you. And you don't give him an inch. That was very impressive. Uh, already two major championships in his first eight starts. And both uh, debuts, last, right? Yeah, last guy to do that was Bobby Jones all the way back in 1926. Absolutely nuts. All right, we'll update scores as well. we got a lot of games going on uh, in Major League Baseball. But I just we needed to get that out of the way. That was incredible. All right, we'll come back. NL MVP Cy Young. What is happening now that DeGrom is on the shelf? At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. football season cometh and that means the Vsin College Football Betting Guide cometh as well. Our experts look at the impact of the transfer porter, porter, portal, key games on the schedule and early season trends to watch so you have a betting edge this football season. This guide's only $19.99. Discounts are available when you buy early so now is the time to reserve your copy or sign up for Vsin All Access. Get everything we have to offer the entire football season. Sign up now vsin.com slash subscribe and if you sign up early first 100 to sign up early Get an autographed copy from West Reynolds. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll autograph the columns I have yet to send in. Uh, I may or may not have committed our staff to doing something that uh, they did not have any idea. So, Brian Rogers, if you're listening, you got work ahead of you. Okay, so let's talk about this because Jacob DeGrom is now on the shelf. For those who don't know, forearm tightness, second stint on the injured list. Now, this one seems much more serious this time around. Jacob DeGrom asked about it, quote, I'm frustrated. I don't know what else to say. Pitchers, especially when a guy like him throws at the velocity that he does, mm-hmm. forearm anything is never really a good sign when it comes to that. You never really like to hear it. So let's talk about how this is going to affect us as betters, right? We don't care about Jacob DeGrom as a human being. So let's just look at this uh, in terms <laughs> at, of better. At least we're honest about right, it. Right, yeah. Uh, no, we really hope. You're it, here uh, for our amusement, nothing more. Um in all seriousness, you do hope that he recovers. He's an incredible baseball player, and you want to watch him more. But this does have an impact because Jacob deGrom is, was on his way to being a massive favorite to win not only the Cy Young, but the National League MVP as well. So you look at this market right now, National League MVP, still the odds on favor to win this. This is via BetMGM, so at one market, minus 110. Fernando Tatis Jr. behind him at plus 120. This is clearly a two-guy race. Two-man race, period, bar none, with Ronald Acuna Jr. being knocked out of the picture because of his unfortunate injury as well. Now we're looking at this and going, it is either DeGrom or it is Tatis Jr. And I would say this, Wes, when it comes to DeGrom winning National League MVP, if he would have played this entirety, then he is worth it in terms of winning this award. But part of being great is being available, and if this is going to be an extended absence on the injured list, Tatis should be the favorite to win Cy Young MVP, or Cy Young MVP, National League MVP. 
Yeah, you would certainly think so. And look, uh, this is just what it is for the Mets. If you talk to any Mets fan, it's like, oh, no, here we go again. So Jacob deGrom, not the first guy in the middle of the season to go for the injured list. You go all the way back to Matt Harvey uh, in terms of when he was at his peak of his career. Pedro Martinez, Johan Santana. That doesn't even mention Bobby Jones and Paul Wilson, Dylan G. The Mets have had a lot of arms over the years, and it's like you're almost waiting for the other shoe to drop. It's like, okay, which Mets pitcher is going to get hurt that's going to derail the season? And you hope that it's not going to happen for Jacob deGrom's health sake, more more morally, more importantly. Uh, but I do have a Philadelphia Phillies ticket to win the, a- the NL East and also season wins, and I think that they're at the absolute comer there. But anyway, yeah, you would think it's a two-guy race for MVP with deGrom and Tatis, but then with the Cy Young... A lot of factors at play here, I think, with the Cy Young. Uh, I know you have a ticket on Brandon Woodruff. 15 to 1, yep. Kevin Gaussman is on the mound. He looks like he's settled in, by the way. They're now in the bottom of the third, 3 to 2. He did give up those back to back jacks, but he's been very good. Another guy who the analytics guys will like, but you'll look at the win-loss record, and it's not that impressive. And a guy I've been really impressed with is Zach Wheeler. Dude, he's been nuts. Yeah. But unfortunately, you know, they're kind of going to look, what is that win-loss record right now for Zach Wheeler? It's it's like maybe a couple games over 500. It's not like he's fit or 13 and 2 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and we should so there's two things really quickly. One, we should note that these markets that we're looking at right now off the board pretty much everywhere. So, mm-hmm. uh, these are the last time we saw them. The other is you you can zoom in if you want. If you're using win-loss record to evaluate pitchers, you should lose your job. Continue. Yeah, a- exactly. So, uh you look at the prices here, Woodruff 15-1, Gaussman 15-1, uh, Wheeler 18, Corbin Burns, obviously. Woodruff and Burns have really kind of carried that team throughout the season because this Brewers team, despite the fact that they have this big lead in the NL Central, this is still not a team that hits the ball very well right. and scores a lot of runs, but yet here they are. So, uh, you know, with Scherzer down at 35-1, to and that's kind of the same thing as Castellanos' as MVP, if you really want to go down the board. Keep in mind, those are two players that may be on the move. So you have no idea where they're going to end up. i got to think Washington, they looked like they were getting back in it when they moved Kyle Schwarber to the uh, the, uh, leadoff spot, and he was hitting, I think, like 15 home runs in 17 games, and he goes down. Then all of a sudden the Nats kind of hit their wall a little bit. So you got to keep in mind they might trade Max Scherzer. So 35-1, to I know that looks like a great price. Same with Castellanos for MVP at 35-1. to both those guys could be on the move within the next about week and a half or so. Yeah, I think if, and again, these are off, so we'll see what the adjustments are once we uh, get the, these back up. I would say this. If we're talking about any shot to take for me, and I'm already involved again with Woodruff to win um, Cy Young, it would be Wheeler. Wheeler has been absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic. A win-loss record should be eliminated when it comes to that. And even then, you'll Kill the said, win, JBT. Hey, Kill the win. But, uh, like, we had, like, like there was... Uh, I think it was the famous, was it Mike Wilbon, like the clip of him talking, actually it was about DeGrom. And like one of the things he said was, you got to work through it when it comes to the win-loss run. Yeah. Like, he, he's giving up one run and losing. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? Regardless, if Wheeler is one of the main pieces on a team that maybe actually wins that division. I think so. I right. think that they, they are the real comer in that division because I don't know what the Braves are going to do. They're kind of in this purgatory right now. I got to think they're going to go for it, but obviously without Ronald Acuna, Junior and plus that pitching staff, I think in the back end is just not very good down in Atlanta. So you look at Wheeler's numbers though, when you see that seven and five, all the metrics: two forty-four ERA, two seventy-three on the XFIP. That is absolutely outstanding. And that's the best part about a guy like Wheeler 
is we talked about guys like Kyle Gibson, right, who, who are in the running for the Cy Young in his respective league. Well, there were signs that Kyle Gibson could potentially come back to, the, to mm-hmm. earth, right? Not excluding tonight. It was before tonight, right? With Zach Wheeler, these numbers are tight across the board. Yes. So this is one guy where you can feel confident there is not going to be a regression hitting him at some point, or even, like we should put a, a major regression Philly's, at some point. Philly's, by the way, starting to pitch better as a whole. Aaron Nola has been a little bit down this season, but Vinny Velasquez uh, starting to cut down on those walks. That's always kind of been his bugaboo. So you're starting to see this Phillies team. I think uh, it's not just Aaron or not just Wheeler necessarily carrying them. I think their staff is really starting to come together. Right, and I think that's why, too, when you look at a guy like Woodruff as well, 212 ERA, 298 on the field being independent. Again, why I feel relatively confident holding that ticket. Mm-hmm. Again, no signs that real regression is coming for him. You mentioned Gosman, who seems to settle in today. 173 ERA, 332 on the expected field being independent. 332 is not bad, but there is some room there for him to kind of come back here. But Woodruff and Wheeler, if DeGrom is going to be out for an extended amount of time and he's going to be out of the picture for this award, those are two guys that I think you're going to put right at the top of the list if you're an odds maker. Yeah, without question. All right, we have plenty, uh, plenty left to get to. Hey, college football's right around the corner. Did I tell you that? Did I tell you that? You, you just right told me that. How about we take a look at one of these conferences, huh? Southeastern Conference, what do you think? That works for me. Media Day just started today in Hoover, Alabama. Hey, that makes sense then, huh? It's the nightcap here on v Indeed's instant match searches through millions of resumes in Indeed's database to deliver candidates who fit your job description instantly. More in Indeed.com slash credit. Looks like uh, the Angels might be on Indeed.com looking for... No, no, no. That would require them to actually put effort into investing in the bullpen. They don't want to create the job listing, Dave. <sighs> Shohei Otani, six innings pitch, three hits, eight strikeouts, one walk on 96 pitches. Absolutely fantastic. Let's bring in Steve Ciszek to... Get this thing into the next inning. Or Steve Cisha can walk the first two guys and then give up a three-run bomb. How about that? Both of our clubs have bullpen woes. By the way, we are still underway now in Cincinnati at the Great American Ballpark. Reds tie it at 10. Eugenio Suarez with the double play and then a ground out, so it makes it 10-10. Mets plate five here in the top of the 11. Kevin Pillar with the three-run shot. Capped it off also Michael Conforto. Mets have seven home runs as a team tonight, and they now have a 15-10 lead over Cincinnati. So, college football. We're going to go conference by conference. Southeastern Conference. The SEC, as it is known as well. Not surprising, Wes Reynolds to see Alabama as the odds-on favorite here is $1.70. If you look over at DraftKings, followed closely behind at Georgia, then there's a little bit of a gap. You get Texas A&M at 10-1, Florida 16-1, LSU 18-1, then 25-28, on and on and on with the rest of the teams in the SEC. So the question starts here. Alabama as the $1.70 favorite in this conference, Wes Reynolds. When you look at what the Crimson Tide have to go through in terms of Bryce Young taking over as quarterback. Offensive line, three guys off of it. I think it's the entire left side, whatever it is. Extremely small sample size, by the way, in mop-up duty uh, last year. Bryce Young, eh, Mm. left a little bit desired last year. But regardless, offensive line, a little bit rebuilding with five-star athletes everywhere. Rebuilding, Uh, reloading, tomato, tomato. Najee Harris, gone. Devontae Smith, gone. Jalen Waddle, gone. 63% 63% implied probability that this team is going to win the Southeastern Conference. Too high, just right? 
too low? What do you think? Nah, a little high. I, they're the rightful favorite, but Correct. one I of the things with, with Alabama, though, is I believe that that defense is going to be ahead of that offense early. Yes. Because I do think Bryce Young has some growing pains. They do return Mechie, but obviously, when you lose the talent that Alabama loses in the NFL draft, I know they're five-star guys, but some of these five-star guys are very young here, so... I would be skirting Alabama a little bit. I wonder if this is the year finally where Georgia gets over the hump. And I keep trying to believe in Kirby Smart and Georgia, and they just kind of end up letting me down. Now, they start off with Clemson right away, so we're going to know how good Georgia is from the jump street here because they play Clemson on that neutral side game against Charlotte. They beat them, then it's like, look out with Georgia. And look, they're without some of the top receivers right now due to injuries, but... You do have JT Daniels now in his second year in the system. We know that Georgia always has a really good defense. So, Georgia, that's kind of the question. You know, can you finally get over the hump? Kirby Smart is 52 and 14 since he took over in Athens, and you've got three SEC East titles, one SEC title game, and then one national title appearances, four bowl victories. But that's not good enough when Alabama is kind of running it wild here. So, Georgia is kind of that team. I like them a little bit better than Florida in the East at the top. But then you look at the West of who is going to challenge Alabama. We've kind of been waiting on Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher has done a really good job of recruiting down there. And their schedule at the beginning is set up for them to get off to a really hot Mm -hmm. start. My question lies in with an offensive line who last year was loaded with uh, returning starters, this year not so much, and also a new quarterback situation for them as well. Like that, those are my questions. Yeah. I, I can I can foresee a really good start with Texas A and M in terms of record wise. I don't know how much I want to believe in them though, given some of the question marks they have on their own offensive end. Right, uh, and obviously Kellen Mond uh, yeah. no longer there now in the NFL, so they have to replace them. I think that they're going to be a little bit better defensively, but you got to be. I thought they were solid defensively last year, but Alabama still threw all over them. So we'll see if they've made those adjustments. Then you look in the West too with LSU. By the way, really quickly, just not yeah. to cut you off, but to, to reference the schedule I'm talking about. Kent State, Colorado, New Mexico, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and then Alabama finally on October 9th. They actually don't leave the state of Texas. They only leave the state of Texas once, mm-hmm. Texas A&M. Uh, and I think that is the is it the Colorado game that yes. I think believe, yeah, that they, they leave uh, the state of Texas. But regardless, uh, they're going to be at home uh, the entirety of this schedule until you get to the end of this after you play a team like Alabama. So they don't have to play Alabama in like week two like yep. they had to last year. So at least that's a good thing. Uh, on the LSU side... Because I know they got a lot of money. I think Brady Cannon and I were talking about this game over the weekend. LSU got a lot of money in terms of the openers for these games of the year. And look, they're not taking full limits like they would take on a game day or as you get closer to a game day. But LSU got the money in week one against UCLA. I would anticipate some buyback because I do think LSU has a lot of questions. Number one, who is going to play quarterback? TJ Finley is now departed. So you have Miles Brennan and Max Johnson. I got to think that the offense at least can rebound. Now, keep in mind, you don't have Joe Brady there. That generational offense that he had led by Joe Burrow. But it's really defensively that I think LSU struggled. They gave up 323 yards passing per game, 169 on the ground. And and just all these points that these guys gave up last year. And that's not vintage LSU. I guess 
that's the way college football is going. This is not your mommy and daddy's SEC when you had 10-9 games of LSU against Alabama on prime time, but they couldn't stop anybody last year. So you're just wondering if LSU maybe was a one-year wonder. You never want to dismiss them because you know Coach O can recruit, and they get a lot of top talent, but they were nowhere near, I think, where anybody thought they would be last year. Yeah, here's the thing when it comes to LSU. It's, uh, it's somewhat troubling to me. So you have the lightning in the bottle year, right? Yes. Joe Burrow, Joe Brady, Dave Aranda, like the, the, everything is absolutely fantastic for that team. One of the best college football teams we've ever seen, right? Especially offensively. But you lose the two coordinators and you turn into one of the worst teams. Like a really just, it seems like an aberration on the surface, right? You mm-hmm. lose two coordinators to that level, all of a sudden everything falls apart. To me, that's kind of a warning sign, yes. right? With, with when it comes to Edo, and I've always had this weird—I guess I call it a relationship. I've never had the most respect for Ed Orgeron as a head coach when it came to right. Coach. You know what I mean? Right. And so now you see what happens last year, and it does kind of. It, this is totally anecdotal. I, this is not based in data. I'm very data driven when it comes to analytics. But when you when you go back to the well, okay, we need to get another offensive de- defense coordinator, and both guys have ties, right, to Dave Aranda and then Joe Brady, right? You're trying to rekindle that yeah. magic again. It just makes me a little like turned off here that Ed Orgeron is not going to be the guy. Good head coaches will see a team that is like an A and make it an A plus with little yeah. things here and there. I don't know if Ed Orgeron does that. And, well, and last year really left a bad taste in my mouth. It's like that super couple on one soap opera where the, the heat was there and then right. they try to pair them on another show and there's no chemistry. So I understand where you're going there. Now, let me ask you here because I was looking a little down the board. Maybe not in terms of futures, but also season wins. In terms of who your sleepers are, my two sleepers are both in the same state, and that would be Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I think they're going to be better this year. I like what Lane Kiffin did in his first year in terms of the offense. Look, he averaged 39 points a game, and Matt Corral threw for about 345. Uh, They went away from that John Reese Plumlee under Rich Rod where he kind of ran that option, and Plumlee a good runner, but Matt Corral is really the better passer. The defense, I know, was very much a weak point for this team. So, uh, look, uh, they do have a a fair amount of starters back. A lot of these teams have returning starters back, by the way, because they have that super senior deal. When you're reading three, you're realizing like half of these teams, you're talking about like 18 returning starters, 19, yeah. 17. Like there's a lot. I of know we were guys. reading because I was reading uh, our friend Kenny White's betting guide. Yep. And you look, he counts starters by how many starts you make. So some of these, he's like, they got 14 returning starters back yep. or something because that's how he counts it. So uh, Mississippi and then Mississippi State. Do you think Mike Leach needs another year in that air raid for it to work here? I think it's going to be better than it was last year because, look, KJ Costello was just not the fit for that offense, right. the graduate transfer from Stanford. But they could, they put the kill in Will Rogers. And, uh, look, I think he got better throughout the season. But, you know, you need a year to get a grip on this and, and a grasp of this offense. And, plus, you don't have personnel to your system. That's the old uh, – quandary do you adjust your system to your personnel or your personnel to your system well mike leach is going to do the latter adjust the personnel to his system because he had a lot of kids transfer out of the program that just didn't fit what he wanted to do no i agree i think the the two you have i would agree with both of them that they are going to be much better uh, like sleepers if you want to use that Mm -hmm. term and i like a lot in terms of mississippi state and the depth that they have brought in at quarterback outside of just will rogers like i think the position is very solid i think defensively they're up for a very good year there's a lot of good depth for for Mississippi State, but if I'm picking, like, the thing that, like, I think Ole Miss, there's no question to me Ole Miss offensively is going to be absolutely incredible this year. Everything they bring back, Corral's a really good fit for Lane Kiffin. Everything they want to do, it's going to be fantastic. My problem is we always talk about, and I'll ask you this, 
We always talk about returning starters as a positive, and generally it is. But then I look at an Ole Miss team that gave up 38 points per game last year defensively, yeah. and was a <laughs> or defensively, and was an absolute sieve. And it's like, hey, they got 10 guys coming. It's back. like we want yeah, to, we want guys these back. guys to get in the transfer right. portal here. You got 10 guys back on a defense that was awful last year. Like, how much to like do you balance that? Because I, I think that's what holds me back about Ole Miss. I think offensively they're going to be fantastic. But how much is that defense going to hold them back like it did a year ago? They're going blow for blow with Alabama. They just can't stop them in right. any sense of the word. Right, because they had Alabama and Nick Saban and those guys in the deep waters in the fourth quarter. Right. That was one of the more entertaining games of the year. And usually I prefer defensive games, but that was just a shootout. It was just like, they're going to score. How many plays? Is it going to be two plays or three plays on this next drive? Uh, and Lane kicks the field goal. Oh, yeah. Boy. Yeah, so Lane's got the offense down there. And Lane Kiffin, I know he's a kooky personality, but – Lane Kiffin's a pretty good offensive mind and a really innovative play caller, by the way, despite that decision that you had just mentioned. So that's what I'm waiting for to see if the defense is going to be there. Arkansas, I think, is going to be better defensively. Sam Pittman, and they were solid defensively last year. They just didn't have the quarterback. Felipe Franks didn't work out. Tennessee, there's a lot of widespread opinion on them because Josh Heupel comes in. You would think that he would be able to upgrade the offense, but when you come from a program that's a not that's a group of five program like UCF, UCF in football is like what Dayton and Xavier are in college basketball. Like everybody wins at Dayton, everybody wins at Xavier, everybody wins at UCF. Humans uh, was giving me crap. Um, I'll give you this preview because you got a college football betting guide coming out. I did go there. I picked Georgia to win the. There we go. Let's go. Go dogs. Let's go. Commit I to believe. the G. Commit to the G. Uh, remember this when Alabama rolls through, goes undefeated, and wins every game by 24 <laughs> points. All right, we have our five final hour, man. This goes by quick. Will Hill is going to be with us. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote getting ready to take on spring Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.